0: On the latest episode of Generation 9-11, we are joined by Dr. Wilfred Van Gorp, a New York-based neuropsychologist who has been in practice for over 30 years and is the past president of the American Academy of Clinical Neuropsychology. Dr. Van Gorp joined us to discuss the mental health effects we are seeing as a result of the pandemic, especially in school-age kids including an eye-popping 330-plus percent increase in self-harm in teenagers. Dr. Van Gorp also spent some time discussing his experience working with 9-11 survivors. Here's my conversation with Dr. Van Gorp. Dr. Van Gorp, thanks for joining us on Generation 9-11. We're now a year into the COVID-19 pandemic, and it feels like a day doesn't go by that we don't see or, uh, you know, see a news story or, or, or read an article in, in the newspaper about mental health. What's been the most striking thing that you've observed in the last year?
1: I guess the most striking uh, thing that I've observed, well, I, I, it's really got to be two things. One is the fear of getting the virus. That's first and foremost on so many people's minds and what I hear people talking about. And secondly, isolation. People are isolated, they have cabin fever, they're stuck at home, and they just have not been uh, feeling comfortable visiting with their friends and being around other people. So uh, fear and isolation, and gee, that's a toxic combination.
0: I think a lot of people would say that isolation obviously is very detrimental from a mental health perspective but what does it also do when what does it do to kids specifically um you know kids who are used to going to school on a daily basis
1: well they are cooped up they're it's exacerbating any condition or sort of a predilection for a condition they might have had. So for example, if a kid had ADHD or even was somewhat inattentive, it's just magnified that. Uh, I've had, uh, I had one child tell me, you know, I'm so inattentive, I can't do my Zoom classes from my room because I'm too distracted by everything that's in my bedroom. So I'm having to do my Zoom classes By sitting in the hallway of our house because I'm less distracted that way. So one parent is in one room doing their work from home, another parent's in another room working from that room for their work, and the kids sitting in the hallway doing their classes from Zoom because they can't be in their bedroom because they're too distracted. It's just exacerbated everything uh, and made it very difficult. kids who are prone to maybe depression it's just amplified that it's exaggerated that kind of thing they get more depressed have you seen more more, they're more isolated
0: have you seen more sorry have you seen more mental health issues um, in a certain segment of that you know that school age population that maybe you hadn't seen
1: you might think it would be certain segments wouldn't you there would be differentially affected it's everybody and everybody is almost i don't know i mean i i haven't seen research on it and i don't have research on it but just clinically i can't say that one group is more affected than another i've had business executives coming in in the droves because they say Either they're depressed, working from home, or they say, I'm working from home, now I realize I think I might have ADHD, can you evaluate me, doc? Uh, everybody, parents with kids, parents saying, gee, I think my kid may have autism because they're. I think now, now that I'm observing them more closely, I think they're not social, I, I just think they don't relate. Normally, I'm observing that now. I don't think I would have seen it if I'd been taking them to school. Um, it's just everybody. I'm just not seeing it in one group. It's everybody.
0: I think you probably saw this study, but there was a a recent study that came out uh, regarding self-harm um, in addition to other mental health issues. But it showed a 334% increase in self-harm among uh, 13 to 18-year-olds. Number one, what is that number? 334% is a very, very large increase. So from a medical perspective, how shocking is that to you? And how do we get kids past this phase of their life?
1: It, it it is shocking and uh, terribly worrisome. I think we've got we get them past it by <clears throat> giving them realistic hope on the horizon. Now with the vaccine um, developments and the vaccine penetrating all aspects of the community as it is, community health centers being uh, administered in now more and more community sites like drugstores and and all over the place, up to 20%, for example, in in the United States, people having at least one dose of the vaccine at present, I think it's around 18% right now, today. Um, We've got to give hope. And hope is perhaps the greatest um, thing that fights suicidal thinking. So giving these kids hope is the greatest thing we can do to combat suicidal thinking that's the best thing we can do
0: it, from your um, from your practice and your just your medical background do you see this being something that can affect a lot of these kids for the rest of their lives
1: i think so i think i think the, the kids i think everybody adults too all of us i think everybody who's lived with this will bear some scars forever and um, some Im- I think this will impact everyone who has lived through this in some way, shape or form for the rest of their lives. Some will, be, will bear more serious scars, some will just bear the imprint, but I think everyone will bear some effect for the rest of their lives. I think it's just impacted everybody in some way, shape or form irreparably.
0: So my final question on, on COVID is uh, something that I know that you've spoken about um, extensively throughout the last year, and that's brain fog. And we recently learned about Gwyneth Paltrow, who's, you know, a household name. She, she named it, you know, she said that she's dealing with brain fog from, uh, you know, lingering effects of COVID. What, what is brain fog? And is it, is this something that we need to keep an eye out for in the future amongst, you know, people who exhibit certain mental health issues?
1: We do, we, we've, you know, this is being researched now and it's poorly understood, but well articulated by patients, um, particularly long haulers who've had COVID very clearly describe, their um, brain fog that they experience, their mental dullness. Um, And in some way it's the same kind of mental phenomenon that patients, for example, with chronic fatigue syndrome experience. I talked to the patient today who had a very severe traumatic brain injury at age 11. He's now 24. He described brain fog that he experiences now lingering from his traumatic brain injury. This brain fog is something that po- uh, people who've had uh, brain injuries do experience and articulate. And I think long haulers who've had COVID, many of them do experience this mental phenomenon. It's a brain related condition, poorly understood in COVID, but being researched now.
0: Yeah, so that that's going to be something uh, we're going to be dealing with, the health effects and uh... The mental effects of this for a long time to come. So just to kind of pivot, uh, you know, and we'll close up here, but I know you've also done a lot of work with the 9-11 community, and, uh, you know, it's crazy to think that we're approaching the 20-year anniversary, and uh, what what have you seen from the 9 community in terms of the mental health effects. Do we still see people suffering diagnosable mental health concerns from that community that that we still see today?
1: Oh, sure. Uh, The patients who I see um, fall into two groups and the particular ones that I see uh, fall into either chronic post-traumatic stress disorder or lingering effects of uh, traumatic brain injury because a number of the ones that I saw uh, suffered brain injuries from things falling, hitting them on the head, on their heads, uh, who were at the site at that time. And they suffered um, brain injuries from you know having things falling on them. But many of these patients do have lingering post-traumatic stress disorder that's just a chronic condition.
0: And do we see it in um, not only first responders who, who were there, but people who were, you know, working in, in the towers and, and had to, you know, just run down and, you know, they just look back and they, they see that image just ingrained in their, in their brain today.
1: No question about it. Uh, it meets all the criteria for a diagnosis of PTSD uh, just in the same way it would as someone who witnessed the horrors of war. No question about it.
0: Well, Dr. Van Gorp, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to join us. I know that uh, there are a lot of mental health uh, issues that we as a society need to face on a a daily basis, but they could be exacerbated by something like a global pandemic. So I'm sure we'll be uh, continuing this conversation. And thank you again.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.